Rookie sensation Connor Bedard appears to be closing in on his return from a fractured jaw. On today's episode, I'll be getting into the positive news that we got from head coach Luke Richardson, the Hawks' hard-fought OT loss to the Rangers on Friday night, and also be bringing back Mailbag Monday for the first time in a couple of weeks. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a quick follow on X at Jack Bushman, too. And make sure to also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And a quick reminder if you're watching the YouTube video of this and like what you're watching today, go and hit that like button, comment down below, and subscribe for Celebrini, the new motto around here on the show. And also, if you're an audio listener, make sure to go and rate and review constantly. Be downloading all of those latest episodes. It's a great help to yours truly. And I also got to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by the Sleeper app, the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports. And right now, if you go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, then you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, first and foremost. Hope everyone's week is off to a lovely start, although I know it's a little bit tough and a little bit of a quick turnaround, uh, always following Super Bowl Sunday. A little bit of a slow start for your boy, to be honest here. So that's partly why the episode is coming out a little bit later here today. But also, I do know that Connor Bedard tends to have his doctor's appointments on Monday. And I felt like with the Hawks having the weekend off, which by the way, I was very grateful for, allowed me to just solely focus on the Super Bowl on Saturday and Sunday over the weekend. I knew that there was probably going to be some update regarding Connor Bedard coming here uh, when the Blackhawks returned to practice at Fifth Third Arena this morning. And that's exactly what we got, Blackhawks fans, getting right into it. Uh, Connor Bedard, as he's been doing for the last several weeks now, did skate prior to the Blackhawks practice here today, wearing that non-contact green sweater along with uh, Anthony Beauvillier, who's continuing to try and return from that wrist injury. Still don't believe he's shooting the puck at this point in time. Andreas Athanasiu was actually back out there as well. He is skating now, which is a very positive sign. He's been out since November 11th against the Lightning, which, funny enough, was also the the last time the Blackhawks won a road game. So it's been over three months now since we last saw AA on the ice, so that's positive news. And the Hawks coaching staff, Richardson, assured that we're going to see AA back on the ice before the end of the season in-game action, so that's certainly a positive. Jared Tenorti uh, was also actually out there before the regular practice as well. Didn't end up participating in that due to a lower body injury, which doesn't seem like it's anything serious, but nagging him a little bit. But getting back to the main point here, Connor Bedard was doing his thing. No real updates as far as what he's able to do on the ice. Uh, Still able though to shoot slap shots, which is obviously a sign that 
We got last week that he's trending in the right direction. We got an even better indicator of that following Blackhawks practice when Luke Richardson spoke with the media and he told all of them that the hope is for Connor Bedard to shed that green non-contact sweater sometime next week and that he'll be able to return to practice in a full capacity. We just kind of need to await Bedard's next doctor's appointment, which according to Charlie Romeliotis of NBC Sports Chicago, reoccurring guest here on the show, could either come later on this week or, again, early next week. Typically, those happen on Monday, but maybe they are uh, in a little bit more of a rush to get an update. Not a rush. But maybe there's just uh, the timeline has changed a little bit considering where Connor Bedard stands at this point in time. But Richardson did make sure to say that if Bedard does return to practice next week, they plan on giving him a few of those sessions to kind of gear up, uh, ramp back up and get used to the speed and everything again instead of just kind of throwing him back out there. But yes, positive news. It sure sounds like Connor Bedard is going to be back on the ice next week for the Blackhawks if all goes well and could potentially return to the lineup sometime by next weekend. And going back to my predictions that I dropped, I believe it was early last week or later on in the week, two weeks ago, I do so many of these shows, I honestly forget. Um, But I kind of predicted three games in which I personally thought Connor Bedard was going to potentially return in. And that's either uh, the Thursday, the 21st against the Philadelphia, or Wednesday, the 31st against the Philadelphia Flyers, Friday, the 23rd against the Winnipeg Jets, or Sunday, the 25th against the Detroit Red Wings. All three of those games, by the way, do come at the United Center. And when asked, when Richardson was asked about maybe next Monday, a week from today, when the Blackhawks are in Carolina taking on the Hurricanes, he kind of made it sound like that was a little bit too early. So if I had to guess right here, right now, Blackhawks fans, I think Friday, the 23rd against the Winnipeg Jets is probably the date that I would be serving for Bedard to return and what an atmosphere that would be I mean Friday night at the UC uh, Bedard returning leading up to a real big weekend tilt against the Detroit Red Wings Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinket are coming to town they're obviously going to be retiring Chris Chelios's sweater in the UC Raptors that night as well so I think at the very least that's when Bedard is going to be back is by that game on the 25th later this month. But my prediction right now is that he's actually going to be returning in that game on Friday night against the Winnipeg Jets just 11 days away. But regardless of whether it's that game or a couple nights later against the Red Wings, such good news. Thank the heavens that Connor Bedard is really starting to near in on his return because it has been real brutal to watch this Blackhawks team without him and surely will make things a little bit easier for all of us fans and hopefully help the Blackhawks score some more goals than they've done in the Uh, five and a half weeks that he's been out. And by the way, did want to mention the timeline of Bedard's injury. He suffered that fractured jaw on January 5th against the New Jersey Devils. And from today, that's about five and a half weeks. So by the time of his return next week, roughly around six weeks. And the timeline that he was given when he was diagnosed with this injury was roughly six to eight weeks. So right on track, you know, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, if anything, which I had a feeling Connor Bedard would be. Um, But yeah, certainly sounds like it's going to be sometime next week as to when he returns to practice. I'm really curious to see if he's going to be donning the bucket and guarding the jaw or how that's all going about, what kind of get up Connor Bedard is going to be wearing whenever he does return. But again, Blackhawks fans, sounds like we can 
can start counting down the days. And again, if all goes well, I think we could see Bedard back in uh, Blackhawks practice down at Fifth Third Arena, shedding the green non-contact sweater and returning as a full participant. All right, there is the positive update that we got on Counter Bedard following Blackhawks practice. Coming up in just a moment, I just talked about a potential crazy Friday night atmosphere when he returned. I'll get into a crazy Friday night atmosphere that we just had on Friday when the Blackhawks took on the New York Rangers. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Connor Bedard looks like he's nearing in on his return. He still could go on to win the Calder Trophy for NHL Rookie of the Year. Austin Matthews looks like he could be on his way to potting 60 goals. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets, the Vancouver Canucks in the mix for the President's Trophy. They could be winning that thing this year, and you could be winning right alongside them by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey with Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. And Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you get the opportunity to win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy contests. And all you have to do is simply select more or less for studs like Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, as to whether they will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for goals, assists, points, shots, and more in any given game. And again, Sleeper offers 100 times cash payout, so start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could be winning real big. And right now, you can also go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps down below, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper, or even if you just want to toss in 50 bucks or 20 bucks, still go and use that code and they'll give you a match as to whatever you deposit up to that $100 limit. And also go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now if you're wanting more details. Segment two, very much appreciative, again, that the Blackhawks uh, did not play over the weekend as that allowed me to just kind of relax, enjoy myself. Super Bowl Sunday, I hope everyone enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday with some good eats, some good friends, some good relaxation. I certainly know I did. I can kind of see a little bit of chub in my face here on Monday afternoon. Reminds me that I need to get back in the gym and uh, need to stop eating like crap. Um, But I did want to be sure to talk about the lone game over the weekend that the Blackhawks had Friday night against the New York Rangers. And I was actually in attendance for this one at the UC, had some pretty good seats that uh, some of you may have seen. I posted on the uh, Talkin' Hockey X page of where I was sitting, about eight rows right behind the glass, uh, right behind the visiting net. So I saw the Rangers shoot that way twice, the Hawks shot that way once. Um, But a spectacular atmosphere on Friday night at the United Center and a much better performance from the Hawks against the Rangers than we saw in their first game following the All-Star break against the Minnesota Wild in which kind of felt like they were flat. There wasn't a lot of energy, not a whole lot of reasons for the crowd on on tap at the United Center to really get into it. But boy, it was the polar opposite of that, I thought, for the most part from the Blackhawks on Friday night, even though it was pretty apparent, especially in the opening 40 minutes, that why the Rangers are at the top of the NHL standings, why they're leading their division, and they were clearly uh, the more skilled team out there. But the Blackhawks hung with them from start to finish, really, in an up-tempo game. And certainly a welcome change of pace. It feels like we don't get a whole lot of those uh, or, or haven't gotten a whole lot of those so far this season. So, yeah, the Blackhawks were certainly outgunned and they were outmatched, but they certainly weren't out-hearted, and that's something that 
I think kind of gets lost in everything with all of the offensive problems. Like, yeah, it's so frustrating that this Blackhawks team can't score goals or certainly not the most skilled bunch, but you really can't question their heart. Like they never give up even when they're down going into third periods. Like in comparison to when Jeremy Colleton was here under Luke Richardson, it feels like the Hawks sure are still alive in games when it felt like they were completely dead a couple of years ago. And we haven't seen this team go on as many losing streaks under Luke Richardson's guidance as we did under Jeremy Colleton. And truthfully, yeah, there's been some ugly losses here and there, but they're not getting blown out probably as much as you would think they would be given the lineup that they're icing night in and night out. Now, some of that is certainly due to Peter Morazic's performance and that he's been spectacular all season long, but it was nice to give him some actual offensive support here for the first time in a while on Friday night. Alex Vlasic kicks off the scoring there in the first period. I mentioned it was apparent early that the Rangers were the more skilled bunch, right? They go and respond with a beautiful passing play on a goal capped off by a Alexi Lafreniere, um, the second goal, man, this was a little bit of a funny moment. Chris Kreider, again, a beautiful pass from Adam Fox, just special players making special types of plays for the Rangers. Um, the second goal, if I really hope you all saw it, poor Boris Kachuk, uh, lost his skate blade in the defensive zone and couldn't skate off to the bench. So Isaac Phillips being a good teammate, what does he do? He goes and tries to push Boris all the way to the bench. Unfortunately, that leads to an odd man rush the other direction for the Rangers. Phillips is like scrambling to get back and block a two on one. And then Adam Fox goes and perfectly threads the needle after Phillips lays out and sprawls to prevent the pass and easy tapping for Chris Kreider. Uh, a little bit of an unfortunate situation there for the Rangers, but also a very high skilled display from Adam Fox. The second period was more lopsided than the first. The Rangers put up 17 shots on goal in that middle frame, ended up uh, adding to their lead with a dirty little goal from Johnny Brodzinski. And in the third period, like I said, the Blackhawks could have quit down by two goals against one of the best teams in the entire NHL, but they pieced together a really, really strong third period, not only being able to tie the game in the final seven minutes, uh, a nice goal by a nice greasy goal by Nick Foligno out in front. And then Jason Dickinson to take the team lead in goals, the certified goal scorer with the 16th goal of the season on a beautiful redirect uh, tied the game three to three, but the Hawks also held the Rangers to just three shots on goal in that final period. So it, it was really cool to see them kind of feed off of the momentum uh, feed off of the energy of the crowd and the UC was going crazy when Dickinson was able to tie that game late. I don't know if it's been that loud all season long. So uh, really good on the Hawks to be able to fight back and to get this one into OT. Obviously, the end result didn't end up going their way as Mika Zibanejad absolutely, absolutely housed a wrister there for the OT winner. But still, those are the efforts that us Blackhawks fans, again, can hang our hats on. And those are the clear-cut signs of improvement that you know, we haven't seen a lot of this year, but to be fair, it's really difficult to see those when the team is as depleted as it is. So, uh, and, and a couple of times this year against some of the better teams in the league, Luke Richardson has had his squad, you know, in the hunt, in the mix, not getting absolutely body bagged out there. Sure. That happens from time to time too, but I just think it's so apparent how much more competitive this Blackhawks team is, even at a massive skill advantage than they have been in the last couple of years. And, um, we don't get a good read on Luke Richardson usually when the team is this bad. And there is going to come a time where he's going to have to prove himself as the future coach of the Blackhawks. But um, I, I would say all in all, he's done a really good job at at least having this team consistently having the right work ethic mentality out there. And I thought that was on full display 
uh, all night long, not just in that third period, even in the second when the Rangers kind of took control of things. The Blackhawks never gave up. And uh, again, that's something that we can hang our hats on as fans. And with Connor Bedard getting healthier, hopefully that will uh, translate to a little bit more better action for this Blackhawks team in the second half of the regular season. All right, there are the quick thoughts that I had from Friday's overtime loss to the New York Rangers. Coming up in just a moment, don't go anywhere, Blackhawks fans, because I still have to get into a beefy edition of Mailbag Monday. But first, I got to talk to you all real quick about FanDuel. Go and get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Again, if just your $5 money line bet wins. And you could use those bonus bets to bet on everything from your favorite players to your favorite teams, quick bets, same game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And the NBA is now taking over with football season officially wrapped up, so what a good time to go and place a wager down on LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, or some of your favorite players or some of your favorite teams. And if you go and sign up today and visit FanDuel.com, Slash locked on, you'll start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, an official partner of the NBA. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you to everyone who's still tuned into this point of today's episode. And if you haven't done so already, please go and help me out by hitting that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. Go and subscribe for Macklin Celebrini. If you don't subscribe, that tells me you don't want Macklin Celebrini going number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and be sure to subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three, time to get back into Mailbag Monday here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I have quite a few questions to get into from the last couple of weeks while I was away on vacation in Mexico. So super excited to get into those today. And again, just a reminder, if you have a question that you want answered on the show this time next week, there's so many places for you to reach out. You can easily do so in the comments section right now. You can email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. My DMs are open on any of my X accounts. You can also find the community tab on the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page as well. Make sure to get those questions in. I always really enjoy interacting with all of you fans and giving you answers to questions that you want to know more about. So without any further ado, let's go on and get into it because I got a lot of questions to get into here today. The first one comes from Explorer Travel Travel on X. I apologize if I butchered that. Explorer. It just looks like Explorer Travel, but there's an extra E in there somewhere. Anyways, the question was, is there any talk of taking 18-year-old Nikita Artemanov uh, in the first round? Well, quite honestly, I'm not fully fledged into my 
2024 NHL draft coverage yet. But one thing I have noticed is he's kind of in the mix for where the Blackhawks are projected to have their second first round selection this year from the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, as part of the Brandon Hagel trade, assuming that the Lightning don't finish in the bottom 10 of the NHL standings. And it looks like they're nowhere near to doing that as of right now. So assuming the Blackhawks do have two selections in the first round, I think that's an option. One thing I will say is, you know, taking a guy like, uh, Roman Kansarov high in the second round and just given the Blackhawks having a little bit of shoddy organizational history having Russians come over I do wonder if they're concerned with taking too many of those high octane guys in the first round especially when there's a couple of Russians projected to go early on in this draft so that's one thing I um, kind of do wonder about but quite honestly I haven't gotten into especially the deeper like later end Uh, projected first round selections. I haven't really gotten into those yet, but that's something I'm certainly going to be focusing on here as we uh, get into the later stages of the regular season and start to creep towards the 2024 NHL draft. The next question, kind of on a similar mindset, but I do have a little bit more to offer on this, comes from at Blackhawk X Hockey on X as well, who asked three favorite prospects after Celebrini and why. Yeah, for those who may not know, Macklin Celebrini, he's going number one. There's no doubt about it. The kid's on a mission as a freshman at Boston University, putting up unbelievable numbers, had a really respectable showing for Team Canada at the World Juniors, despite them falling short of their ultimate goal. I think he solidified any concerns about who was going to be the top pick in this year's draft. It's Macklin Celebrini. But after that, it is really up in the air. There is no clear-cut number two, and really it feels like numbers two through ten are a huge toss-up at this point in time. But three prospects that I particularly like or think are interesting. Again, I still have some more deep diving to do on a lot of these guys, but the guy who's in the mix to go number two overall is Ivan Demidov out of Russia. Again, something to always be considering is, you know, are they going to come over? And if they do, how long is it going to be? As we saw with Matvey Michkov last year, which is why he ended up falling all the way down to the Philadelphia Flyers at number seven. But one thing I will say about Demidov, there is a ton of upside there. A super shifty skater, really good hands, hasn't played pro yet, but is dominating the MHL this year over in Russia with 43 points and or 45 points in 23 games, excuse me. And I feel like given all the prospect capital that the Blackhawks have, what they already have in the pool, plus all of the draft picks that they have, I feel like this could be a spot for them to get a little bit ballsy. And I wonder if they wound up with the second or third selection last year, would they have taken a chance on Matvey Michkov just because Probably not. Getting Connor Bedard, I think, allows them to get a little bit gutsier in the draft moving forward because they have that superstar guy pretty much checked off. But I do think if they get number two overall, Demidov is someone who they might be willing to take a gamble on just given the current situation of the prospect pool and everything around it. So I think he's really interesting. Someone I think a lot of Blackhawks fans should be keeping an eye on the rest of the year in college hockey is Artem Levshunov for the Michigan State Spartans, baby. He's a freshman at Michigan State. For uh, the first projected right-handed defenseman off of the board. And I kind of think the Blackhawks need to add to their right side a little bit. And Levshunov is a, is a super interesting option. He's got 28 points in 30 games for Michigan State as a freshman. There are some defensive concerns, but after him, it's going to be a little bit 
later until the next right-handed defenseman is projected to go off. So I think if the Blackhawks are wanting to go with a right-handed defenseman in the top 10, Levshunov is really their only other option, or else they're probably going to wait till their second first-round selection, if I had to guess, to take a right-handed defenseman. But it feels like he's got to be someone the Hawks are circling or at least curious as to uh, what he could be. They probably have some interest in him one way or the other, whether they're going to draft him or not. They probably want to figure it out because I think RHD is something they kind of need to add. Uh, and I also think Zeev Bleem is just an uber talented prospect. The Blackhawks aren't going to take him because they don't need more left-handed defensemen, but this kid's draft cat or draft stock has absolutely skyrocketed the last few months what he's done as a freshman at Denver one of the top programs in the country what he did for the United States at the World Juniors to help them win gold was so impressive uh he was like a fringe first round pick going into this year now I feel like he's a lock to be in the top 10 and could be even closing into that top five so again I don't think the Blackhawks wind up with Zeev but I'm really curious to see where he ultimately ends up. So those are the three that I'm going with as of right now. But again, I'm sure that list will probably change once it starts to get close to the summer. And I have a little bit of a better understanding about all of these prospects. Next question comes from fellow lockdown host, JD Young, who I think a little sarcastically asked me, who deserves Macklin Celebrini more, the Sharks or the Blackhawks? Now, let's not get into that whole deserve conversation because it's a tricky world out there. You don't usually get what you deserve, but It's tough. Uh, I will say the San Jose Sharks are the team at the bottom of the standings right now who, look, they have a good prospect pool, but they're still kind of missing that one stud. And I think Will Smith could be a super good player, but he's not at the level of Macklin Celebrini. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Macklin is the clear-cut better collegiate player already at a full year younger than Will Smith. Um, So I will say the Sharks probably could use him more than the Blackhawks. I don't know if I'd say deserve because, man, if Chicago gets Connor Bedard and Macklin Celebrini, it's game over. And as a diehard Blackhawks fan, it's hard for me to say that I wouldn't absolutely love that. And it's something that I'm absolutely dreaming about. So uh, JD, I appreciate your humor and I appreciate your uh, ability to have fun with this situation. I'm going to go with the Chicago Blackhawks though. Next question comes from Northern Warrior Hockey on YouTube. A good question here who asked, Could the Hawks trade Tyler Johnson at 50% retained plus a second round pick from Vancouver to to the Rangers for Capo Caco? Give the kid a bunch of top six minutes and see what he could do. I know his value is way down now. Fresh start. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit of an interesting one here. Capo Caco is about to turn 23 years old in a couple of days. Only played in 31 of the games so far this season for the Rangers. Seven points in that bunch. Uh, did have his best season in the NHL last year when he was nearly a half point per game guy with 40 points in 82 games. But there are some injury concerns about Capo Caco. There's some high-end ability concerns, obviously. And look, 23 is not super old, but when you're a former number two overall selection, the clock is certainly ticking there. So you have to wonder what the New York Rangers are thinking. As far as this deal, um, Tyler Johnson, 50% retained and a second. I feel like the Rangers could say yes to that if they're ready to move on from uh, Capo Caco. I feel like a second round pick is as good as it could possibly get for him. And giving Tyler John, giving them Tyler Johnson, I think that's a pretty fair trade. The question comes down to whether the Blackhawks are wanting to take a gamble on Capo Caco. And there are some big time questions there, but Kyle Davidson has done a really good job at recognizing guys who just need some opportunities 
it just feels tough because if Capocacco isn't doing good things with the New York Rangers and the talent they've had in the last couple of years, it's hard to envision him coming to Chicago and faring much better. Now, you know, you could make the argument he just needs a change of scenery and all that good stuff. I think it makes sense on paper. I just don't know how aggressive the Blackhawks are actually going to be to take on a prospect like that at a price like that. Could they afford it? Yeah, absolutely. They could get rid of one of their second round picks. They still have a boatload moving forward, but I think it's more so the player that Capo Caco is. It's really hard to see him having top six upside. And I think that's what the Blackhawks would want him to have if they're giving up a second round pick along with uh, Tyler Johnson. But I do think Tyler is the one piece to keep an eye on for the most part, as the Blackhawks start to creep creep towards that trade deadline. Next question comes from Fernando Mann on YouTube. I don't know if this was sarcasm or not, but Fernando asked, is Oliver Moore better than Chris Versteeg? Well, considering that Versteeg was a fifth round pick and that he was like a little bit over a half point per game player in his career, he had 358 points in 643 career NHL games, a 50 point guy only twice in his career. Uh, I, I certainly hope the Blackhawks are higher on Oliver Moore, and I certainly hope that he's better than Chris Versteeg because we took this kid 19th overall in an absolutely loaded draft. And realistically, I thought he should have gone in the top 10. So, yeah, uh, Oliver Moore better be better than Chris Versteeg, or else the Blackhawks are in a world of trouble for taking him that high up. And I, I absolutely think he's going to be better than Chris Versteeg. His skating is unbelievable. Uh, I think he's still figuring out the offensive side of things a little bit in terms of the goal scoring. The playmaking comes a little bit more naturally because of his speed and he's also a beast on the defensive side of things and works really hard out there fights hard at the faceoff dot uh yeah i'm a lot higher on uh oliver more than i was on a uh, christopher steeg back in the day next question comes from matthew mcgurgan on youtube who asked are bedard and korchinski still considered prospects and where does the blackhawks prospects rank amongst the nhl technically i don't believe bedard and korchinski are prospects any longer because they've played enough games in the NHL. I just kept them in my midseason prospect rankings because it was the first time I had Bedard in a prospect ranking. So I thought it only made sense to have him in there uh, and leaving Kevin Korchinski in there as well, I think kind of gives everyone a little bit of a better idea of where everyone slots in and what their upside may be and all that good stuff. So I elected to keep them in. I probably won't have them in my prospect rankings at the end of the year. Could kind of go either way. It depends on who you ask. But as far as where the Blackhawks prospects rank amongst the rest of the NHL, I think they have to be number one or number two. And I probably will say number two just because of what the Anaheim Ducks got. I mean, uh, getting Cutter Gauthier from... The Philadelphia Flyers, look, Jamie Drysdale is a good player, but Cutter Gauthier, I, I think, is the uh, shining piece of that deal there, even if Drysdale winds up being a good player. And their prospect pool is just so, so deep, and those guys are just now starting to step onto the scene. So I would say the Ducks, because right here, right now, their players are making an impact at the NHL level, whereas the Blackhawks have a lot of guys playing junior and collegiate hockey that, yeah, we're high on, but they still got to get to the NHL and prove it. So for that reason, I'm going to give it to the Ducks, but I think those two are undoubtedly number one and number two and can kind of flip-flop depending on who you ask. The last question that I have here today for this episode comes from PHHDVM on YouTube who asked, sounds like the Hawks have three high-end centers for two spots. Connor Bedard, Frank Nazar, Oliver Moore. Who is best suited for the wing? Maybe more or Nazar will be a high quality, will be a quality high-end prospect traded for a quality veteran. I assume a few veterans will be added along with all of these prospects. 
that's part one of this question. Um, yeah, it's probably a good problem for the Chicago Blackhawks to have, right? You really can't have enough center depth. I will say out of Moore and Nazar, I undoubtedly think Nazar is the one more likely to go on the wing because Oliver Moore is the better skater. And I think Frank Nazar is a good defensive prospect as well, but I think Oliver Moore is the type of guy that can get up the ice 200 feet in a little bit more of a hurry. And I think his back checking is a little bit stronger than Nazar's as well. And I think he's the better centerman too at the faceoff dot. So I think Oliver Moore slots in as a perfect second line center. And Frank Nazar might be someone that you could play as a three C and have a really deep center pool, or you could throw him on the top line with with Connor Bedard because I think he buzzes really well and plays a similar mentality, brings a similar mentality out there that Connor Bedard does. So uh, I would probably go with Nazar as far as whether one of those two could be traded for a really good veteran. Blackhawks would have to get an absolute haul to trade either one of those guys. But I will say there are going to be some guys in the prospect pool that are inevitably going to have to be dealt because just of a sheer numbers game, right? Assuming, you know, for the most part, all of these guys work out. But I I do think that is going to be something that the Blackhawks are going to have to face at some time. We're probably still a year or two away, though, I believe, from ever reaching that point. But I do think, yeah, veterans are absolutely going to have to be had at some point in time, and the Blackhawks are going to have to make a big splash in free agency. It can't just be all of these prospects and the picks that they've accumulated over the last couple of years. So I do think there are going to be some higher name prospects dealt eventually, but I don't think it's going to be Nazar and Oliver Moore unless something crazy happens. Second part of this question comes from the same person, PHHDMV on YouTube, who asked, do you think there will be interest in Connor Murphy at the deadline? I think it could be interesting. The Blackhawks would have to certainly retain half. His contract being two years, um, I think is going to be a little bit of a hurdle for some teams. Um, and I also don't know if the Blackhawks really are in a position to trade him with how thin they are on defense already. And like, given how many guys they've had to recall up from Rockford already, I think they kind of want to ideally get healthier and let things settle down. So I think that's kind of a tricky part in dealing Connor Murphy, but I've said for a couple of years now, he could be in an interesting depth ad for someone who's looking for some, some more veterans on the right side. I don't know if it happens this year, but I kind of would be surprised if Connor Murphy winds up playing out his entire contract that he has right now with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. Be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast if you don't already. And make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. Go and subscribe for Celebrini, and that way you can get all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, go and follow me on X at Jack Bushman 2. Go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey as well. And that's going to do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.